I'm actually a big fan of eating insects, so yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so that's where the cockroach story. Yeah, I actually have a cockroach as a as a pet. What? You have a cockroach yeah, uh, as a pet? Well, it was meant to be like a like lunch. <laughs> You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Hello, hello everyone. This is Maria JD and you're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, a show for digital artists about the whole range of opportunities and possibilities in the world of 3D and 2D art so that you guys hopefully stay on top of your careers. And in this episode, we're meeting Oscar Trejo. Oscar is a Mexican digital artist and from Oscar, we're going to learn a lot about IP, intellectual property, and what that actually means for artists and how you can explore explore opportunities behind it let's go hello and we're live <laughs> hi oscar <laughs> thanks for coming hi. thanks for having me <laughs> yeah no worries so guys uh, uh welcome to this episode and today we're having oscar trejo uh directly from uh, mexico and uh, yeah. mexico city yeah yeah mexico city jesus christ this is uh, <laughs> by far uh, one of the most exotic spots I've had we've had guests from seriously really De definitely well so far you know let's see what happens <laughs> in the future but uh, so far it's like the furthest at least from Europe yeah because you had like a couple of episodes ago you have Bimal but he's in London right yeah so, exactly he doesn't count yeah. that's that's yeah. Uh, that's all right yeah, it's, it's not breaking the loop okay <laughs> yeah yeah you're I'm still you're, waning you're definitely far <laughs> further way further than that <laughs> okay so guys Oscar for for those of you who don't know, Oscar is a, a freelance uh, 3D artist working on uh, a bunch of different projects that we're going to talk about, starting from video games uh, to IP and a lot of stuff in between, including uh, toys and printing, right, Oscar? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing like a lot of stuff related to 3 which is quite fun, as I said, but... Uh... It's yeah. also a mess. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit of a mess and we're going to talk yeah. about that. Okay, Oscar, <laughs> let's just start from the very beginning before, you know, I started like rambling about you too much. Sure. So put everyone on the same page. What was, where did you start? How did it happen? And just in general, what, what happened with you that you became a 3D artist? Like, well, uh... Three or... <laughs> <laughs> well it started like uh, around um 2006 2008 because um that's when i started college and i started studying digital animation but at the very beginning well during the career i, I wasn't really interested in 3d I, I was more into like 2d more into concepting and doing a lot of illustration Especially once I started getting into 3ds Max, I saw like modeling quite slow and not quite like, I mean, quite boring at the very beginning, to be honest. That was most of the time, like while I was in college, I found 3D very boring. I was one of the like last, um, last of my friends to, to be able to learn 3D. And eventually, I have no idea how I found Seabridge, but I, I was just like downloading stuff, playing with, with like softwares that I found and I got like I think the college has like had a, like a copy of ZBrush but no one was teaching ZBrush because um, we didn't have any teachers that that had like the knowledge for ZBrush so it was like a software that they had because they had like the the, the educational license something like that 
but um, no, no one was actually using it. So I, I gave it a try and I mean, like everyone just started like playing with the sphere and doing like a lot of, uh, you know, sketches and like very ugly stuff. And I fell in love with that software. And ever since then, I haven't stopped using the, the software. It's been like quite enjoyable. At the end, I actually fell in love with 3D. I, I don't actually do that 2D like, I, I don't do like a lot of 2D illustrations that, that often anymore. But uh, it's okay. I, I find more like amazing uh, from my point of view, like doing 3D. As far as I see it, it's like doing illustration, but like from different angles. So yeah, I even fell in love with 3D's Max and Maya at the very end. So okay, yeah, because so, Zivresh convinced you into like sold you into more stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. So what was your eventually like first job? Let's say as an artist, like as a professional well, artist. I was actually trying to think about that. But, um, I mean, I had my first job like as an intern in an like video game studio, like an indie video game studio that one of my teachers had. But uh, at the very beginning, I was just doing 2D. But I'm not sure eventually how I actually migrated from 2D to 3D. I'm pretty sure it was there because at the very end on that studio, I was doing a lot of 3D. But um, I I can't I, I can't remember which one was like my first like. 3D project, like paid 3D project, which is kind of sad, but uh, I guess, <laughs> maybe I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> or maybe you were drunk and that's it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a big chance of that happening. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So basically you were already working as a professional, like 2D artist, and then like slowly you got, uh, you got also like projects in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually uh, I started doing like 3D stuff like at the very beginning I guess I was doing like 3D stuff mixed with like 2D and at mm -hmm. the very end I was just doing like 3D models for production for very okay. like low poly mobile games but uh, it was pretty fun okay okay interesting and so what do you do now well right now I'm doing a lot of stuff like <laughs> from 3D printing um concept art um modeling for um, animation and video games right now uh, I'm working on miniatures and a lot of jewelry and one of the projects that I currently have is doing um, some video game stuff for um, the studio is called Kerbal. Well, mm -hmm. that's the game. Um, it's one of like the best selling games in Mexico. And it's an amazing game. And the art team on that game is like fantastic. I usually work with them. This is like, I don't know, like the fifth time I have been able to work with them. Oh, wow. And, yeah, they're amazing. And they're here in Mexico. So it's pretty easy to communicate because one of, one of the things that I have is I usually when I have to I have meetings. It's quite um, hard to have like the main, uh, the same time zone. So it's sometimes having a meeting at night or maybe very, very early. So yeah, it's really cool to have something here in Mexico. Oh, I, I can totally understand that. 100%. <laughs> yeah, especially right now with the podcast, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always like everybody is like scattered around the world. And yeah, this Saturday I have like no life at all because my day starts at like 4.30 a.m. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those things, you know, when people are scattered around the world. So tell me about like your life in this sense, uh, living in Mexico. And I guess you've always lived in Mexico, like in different places in Mexico, but like you, yep. you, uh, you've been always based there. And uh, where your clients normally come from? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a tough one because... If they're not in Mexico, where like, where yeah. would they be? So like somewhere else like uh, the US. Yeah, US, usually it's Asia. most of them. Usually it's like, I say half from 
the US and the other half from Europe and maybe some like um, exceptions like from Australia and stuff like that. But most of it, like I say like 50 and 50, well 50 and 40 would be like 50% um, America and 3% Europe and that 10% would be like exceptions like mm-hmm. like Australia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's quite fun to, to, have, to be able to, to have jobs outside of Mexico while still living in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Especially because of the currency. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> I like I'm not how gonna you lie. put it. It's, it's, I definitely yeah. like how you put it. It's quite fun. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's quite fun. <laughs> so, um, do you like, do you have any uh, process of getting your art better exposed and, you know, uh, getting more clients? Or do they just come to you? Like, um, it's, it's kind of hard because usually um, they, they come like by themselves but uh, I say most like a a lot of times it's also like um, recommendations from friends like when they can actually take a gig and stuff like that they actually suggest me to go and and take their place which is kind of cool because um, I I mean I do believe like in in order to have like a lot of like projects and and be recognized you you need to do, do like networking and and be friendly to everyone and I mean the more friends you have, like eventually someone is gonna like recommend you for for a job and stuff like that. So that happened to you? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, here in Mexico and, and outside of Mexico, um, I, I do have some friends that um, sometimes they they are not able to take like a job because they already like their hands are full since they already know know me and know that I can actually achieve certain level of quality. They 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 actually say, well, you can actually take that job and and well, if it's the really? right one for me, yeah. yeah. I go for it. Well, that's, I guess, you know, another good reason for anyone who has never been to any like 3D festival or something like this. Uh, Just yeah. go and like do it and meet people in person and be friends with everyone. Or like, is there any other better place to meet people? No, I, I'm, I mean, for sure, the events is like the first option that comes to my mind. Uh, and I'm not saying like you should go to events just to get freelancers because that sounds like a <laughs> like no, very douchey move. No, I just said it's one more reason, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and a very good know, reason. Like, very good reason, <laughs> but like not even the first one. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, I would actually recommend anyone, even if you're like an like a very beginner, like an amateur artist. I would actually recommend anyone to visit like any treaty or any any art festival. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to like a treaty related festival. It could actually be just like a comic book um, related festival, anything like that. But uh, I mean, if you are able to 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 attend like a like a festival, like for example the summit or or DHU, where was actually where where I actually met Marlon, is one of the best options to be able to like to meet people and get to know. To get to get new uh, get to know new people from different parts of the world. Yeah, and I think it's also cool, like meeting people that do the same thing that you do. Yeah, yeah, because you get like inspired. Uh, yeah. I mean, you get like this rush of like you can actually feel that desire of going back home and start working on your art because you get inspired by everyone and and you see everyone's work and it's amazing and you want to try different stuff and it's one of the things that I really love from this like industry how the communities are very like tight and very friendly so I, I never had any bad experience at, at any uh, like art festival everyone's like super friendly sorry I was just so, saying yeah. like no politics no like friction nothing like this yeah exactly like uh, everyone tries to avoid politics and stuff like that I think everyone knows that they are there because of the art so they try to stay 
related to art. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, really easy to, uh, I mean, since everyone there is like related to, or really interested in art, it's like a, a really easy topic to, to speak of. So it's like mm -hmm. a, a really, like a conversation starter. So it's really easy to go to and meet anyone and, and just start speaking about art because everyone there is just like very interested on that. Cool. No, definitely. And also you always have something to show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you can actually receive feedback or give feedback. So it's, it's an yeah. amazing experience. So are you saying that even though you're like pretty, I mean, maybe you're not remote, but like not necessarily connected with people like locally, you're still like, I, I still feeling that you're part of a global community of like, 3D people? Yeah, I mean, I feel that this, this industry is like, even though there's a lot of people and everyone wants, wants to get in, um, you get to know like a lot of people by doing just like posting art on ArtStation. You get to know like people on, on forums or even in the events. So once you get to know them, um, you get like this connection and, and everyone's like, you no, know, thanks to the internet, it's like, you're not really that far away from each other. Yeah. So you can actually just send a message and they'll be able to answer whenever they are awake. So it's quite cool. <laughs> That's a pretty cool limitation though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Okay. So uh, now kind of a, you know, as uh, we are in like 2020, what's uh, your biggest project to tackle this year? What are you going to be working on? What's like really inspiring you this year? Well, um, I do have a couple of projects that I like personal projects that I want to develop more. Um, right now I'm working on like an IP of mine. Um, this IP is a TV, TV animated, uh, TV animated show for kids for preschool kids. And it was actually one of the selected projects for the idea to um, contest from Pixel last year. So I was able to meet a lot of creators and a lot of like writers and stuff like that. So this is, kind of like a new world for me because even though it's related to 3D, um, selling IPs and developing IPs, it's like a complete different like world. Like even the way you have to handle like your social media and stuff like that is quite different from like um, 3D related stuff. But wow. um, what that's one of the projects. Um, um, the series is like already like, I already have the Bible and I already have like everything later. But right now I'm working like a, with an animation studio. We're working on having like a, well, a pre-production, maybe having having some storyboards, maybe an animatic, an animatic could be super useful for, for my pitching. And the other project that I want to develop is uh, an art book. So I would actually love to have an art book of like um, creatures, like um, mythologic, mythological creatures from Mexico. So like a bestiarium, but um, creatures and monsters from like Mexico, like going from like very beginning from let's say the Mayans and the Aztecs all the way to, to the present, like for example, the Chupacabras and stuff like that. So that's, wow. that's actually Both my two goals for this year. So exciting. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know where to start now, seriously. <laughs> Let's start eating these cakes slice by slice. So first, talk to me more about the idea. Yeah. <laughs> so how did this, how did this start? Like how, like, are you are you now the director or now you're the founder of uh, the potential future uh, TV series? How does it work? And how well, do right you get now, started? Right now, uh, I guess I'm the owner and creator of the IP because I had to register the IP and, you know, the name and the characters and everything like that. And whatever we develop, um, whatever um, the studio develops, uh, I still need to like approve because at the end, it's kind of my idea and the IP belongs to me. So I guess in a way, like 
maybe creative director or something like that. I, I'm just like you're just making your own title. title. Yeah. That's fine. The <laughs> yeah. god, the god of the cartoon. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> the god emperor of like the IP development or something like that. <laughs> father, the father creator. Fine, you own it. <laughs> father. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's it that's it we made it sounds like a cult something like that super creepy but uh, <laughs> I'll go with that <laughs> I mean uh, looking at your portfolio you should be okay with all the creepy stuff so that's fine oh yeah I love that creepy stuff <laughs> it's so, funny because actually this here is the opposite like super cute and very kid friendly but um so you yeah. wrote the whole thing like you wrote the script as well and created the characters and the environment or like did you work with somebody on that uh, to, to be really honest, I wish I was able to work with someone because I'm not a writer. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things to to actually like fix. Actually, on the studio, there's a writer, who, which is, I'm pretty sure he's going to like fix everything that I did wrong. But uh, yeah, I had to do everything by myself at the moment or uh, during the, the contest. Because um, this started um, last year. There is this event here in Mexico called Pixelatl. Mm -hmm. And every year they do like uh, an animation event, which is very like re um, focused on, on creating IPs. Mm -hmm. And they create this contest where you actually submit your animation Bible. You, it's just like the story, some uh, images of the characters, some, maybe some episodes, like very brief um, um, synopsis of, of the series and the target, the type of animation, stuff like that. And at the end of the event, um, out of like all the um, submissions, they choose 300. I, I mean, out of, let's say, for example, 300 submissions, they select 30. Uh -huh. And those 30 submissions, they get like invited to like a, a, a workshop. So in that way, you are able to, to know what your weaknesses are on the project, what you need to fix. Mm -hmm. and, and you get like coached, coached by um, like industry experts, like, for example, um, the writers of like um, the Barbie show mm -hmm. was last year. So like the Barbie animated show was one of the, the coaching um, artists or writers that we, mm -hmm. we had last year. Um, the producer of Peppa Pig was last year also. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, so like it, Sorry, it's quite interesting. <laughs> like, that's too much. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at the end, my project, I was just doing the, that um, as a test because I, I was just doing that everything by myself. I, I wasn't actually interested in like having my project as a finalist. Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to have like the opportunity maybe to be able to take the workshop and next year apply with a better project. But at the end, um, the project is called Clara. Clara got selected as a finalist and I was able to pitch um, the project to different TV, um, TV broadcasters mm -hmm. and different animation studios. So it was pretty cool, like an amazing experience. Wow. So like if everything works out, you're planning to take it further? I mean, yeah. Would you like it? You I mean, would you like to see it like going further? I would love to. I mean, it's one of those things that I really want to invest more time on it. At the very end, um, that's like kind of my dream. It's mm -hmm. not actually doing like 3D for every, like uh, different projects of other people. I just want to develop my own projects and to be able to sell them. So. At the end, I know that, let's say, best case scenario, the, the IP get, gets like bought by any like big corporation. At uh, the very end, um, they might actually change everything and be completely different. So you, you actually need to be not really that attached to your project. Mm -hmm. So to be able to just, if there's the opportunity to sell it or to have like a collaboration with a different studio or anything like that, just uh, 
to be able to, to to realize it you actually need to take like in consideration that you don't need to be that attached to your project and if there's the opportunity to sell it or just to change everything well fine it's kind of it's kind of cool yeah i mean you can create another ip later definitely yeah but i mean i guess that's the part of the creator you produce it and then you let it live its life yep yeah absolutely okay so when do you know when do you think you will know what's going to happen with clara is it like the timeline is within this year the production lag is way longer than that it's gonna be i mean as far as i know because i'm quite new to this world um it could take like years to, to develop something to even like to be able to to sell the project it's gonna be years of, of work so i know that it might i might not be able to do anything like very concrete this year for clara but maybe next year or the next next year but but by that moment i guess or hopefully i'll have different ips so clara will not be the only one okay now this is interesting now that you know a little bit more about ips what's going to be your process uh, for creating like new ones are you just going to create a bunch of ideas and who what are you going to do with them like how are you going to go about pitching them well, um, first of all, like I need a team because I don't want to do anything by myself again. <laughs> it was a like super, super horrible experience. I had like I barely slept uh, for for a couple of days. But um, I guess first of all it would be like getting like a writer or I mean getting a team together to be able to to create something better. And usually what I do is I always carry with me like a notebook or even the cell phone. Uh, if I get like a very weird idea, it might not be like, like a, the perfect idea, but maybe a, an interesting enough idea. Uh, I will actually write it. And eventually once in a week or maybe once every two weeks, I just sit and start reading all the notes and maybe connecting points. That's actually how Clara, Clara uh, got invented. I, I mm -hmm. had like a, the idea of creating like a, a show about, about uh, a raccoon that is actually albino. So it's an entirely white um, raccoon. Uh, at the moment, the, the, the character was called Maya. Mm -hmm. So and I also had the idea of creating like a very eco-friendly show with um, animals that are like very dirty, like cockroaches and rats and stuff like that. So at <laughs> the end, they all got together. And the idea, is, the idea of the show is that um, this raccoon, a pigeon, a rat, and a cockroach, they are friends and they take care of, of a park. So they they clean it like those animals that you actually consider that they're like dirty animals, vermin, stuff like that, are actually the ones keeping the, the park clean. So it's it kind of a show related to, to the environment, but they the show is not really meant to be like super teachy and it's it's supposed to be like a fun show with a subtle message. Of, about the environment, which I think is quite important. Love that. I didn't know that Clara is a raccoon. I have a thing with raccoons since our hero's mascot is a raccoon. I definitely have a <laughs> thing about raccoons. So yeah. I really want to see the, the raccoon. Um, do you have images somewhere that we can share then later on in the show notes? Or sure. Like um, I do have some on my art station. It's not like on my portfolio. Uh, it's on the blog of art station. Okay. So I usually on the blog, I upload a lot of stuff. You'll send me the link. I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, sure. Okay. And also on the Instagram, I, I upload um, some of the pictures of, of Clara and some of the renders I already have. And of cockroaches as well. Or cockroaches oh, yeah. are No, they are all developed. Actually, I forgot. There's also a possum. So they're oh, okay. all like a modeled, possum. rigged, texturized. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So, 
I wonder, I I, I'm, I'm like sincerely curious, what's the look of a cute cockroach? Like, I, I really need to imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was quite hard to, to do like a, a cute cockroach. Actually, okay. one of the things that I have to like check right now with the other um, studio is like a redesign of the cockroach for, because apparently it's not cute enough. So <laughs> I still need to work on that. Yeah. So it's the not finished. Cute, cuteness of the cockroach. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a factor that I need to work on, the cuteness of the cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that definitely does sound like an artistic challenge. Probably I would never be able to tackle that, just, you know, like, yeah, for it's no reason. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, cool. And now, okay, so done. We're we're done with AP. And now let me just uh, quickly jump into another topic that, you know, that is related with my other also question that I had before. Uh, and uh, that's about the art book. I didn't know there was an art book idea, like as a whole. But um, I was before I was really wondering what's the whole influence of, uh, you know, your location and the place where you're from on your art. I mean, I definitely see this in your portfolio. Um, I mean, like the colors and the <laughs> patterns and uh, in something that you did for uh, ZBrush 2020. Um, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For the beta, your your artwork for the beta. So that was quite amazing. But uh, oh, I was thanks. wondering, just in general, how much connected do you feel with, uh, you know, Mexico and with your, like, location and with your, like, home and uh, is it impacting your art or is it just like the visual that you see eventually impacts like how does it work it's kind of a, like a love hate story because um for example at the very beginning when i was like starting doing art i i always hated seeing like you know um drawings about aztecs and mayans by made by uh, by mexicans i always felt like there's already like, there's too, so many things to tell or just to to draw uh, and just to be like focused on on doing Aztec or Mayan related stuff just because you're from Mexico. I, I always had like that weird feeling. So I never did anything like that related to, to those civilizations, stuff like that. But uh, eventually it started to grow on me. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, my 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 mother always like taught me about um those civil civilizations. She used to work on the, the main museum here in Mexico, the Museum of History and Anthropology. Uh, so it was I'm always been drawn to history and yeah i guess seeing everyday stuff like that in my surroundings eventually had to had to have like certain impact on my art so instead of you know like refusing to do stuff like that i just embrace it and, and it's quite fun because it doesn't have to be like very cliche you you can actually start making stuff and it's it's quite quite a journey of like loving and hating that, that stuff yeah, no, I understand, but it, I don't think it actually looks cliche. I think it's just—I uh, <laughs> mean, you you definitely see the influence, but uh, but yeah, you, I like at least through my eyes, it's very it's very also like fusion because oh, okay, the shapes and the colors is just uh, it's just a different take on that. So yeah, pretty interesting. And yeah, uh, for example, for for yeah. um, the the rat that that you're um, telling me. Uh, when I was working on the beta of 2020, um, I usually do like uh, every year, like for example, this year is the Chinese year of the rat. So I wanted to actually, as you were saying, do like a fusion between like Mexican and Chinese. So that's, it, the rat represents the Chinese year, but also 
the way it's painted is like an allegory here in Mexico. So it was a pretty way, a pretty fun way of like testing the new features of poly paint and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, this is a perfect example of fusion in between like the two things. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you see, that's how it works. And so yeah. <laughs> um, also, you know, mixed with other items on your portfolio, which are, as we I'm said, <laughs> are sometimes like creepy and sometimes just like, you know, totally different world that, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> creates the impression. So yeah, um, it's a mess right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not really a mess. It's organized mess. I think <laughs> your portfolio is pretty well organized. So uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> but uh, um, like, do you filter anything from pu putting it in your portfolio, or like, do you just dump everything that you create, or you just like care like carefully selected items? How do you go about the the contents of your portfolio? Um, it's it's filtered for sure. There's like a ton of things that I haven't uploaded. I think like as every artist, I have like a very big and heavy um, folder for whips that is never ending and it's getting bigger and bigger. But um, for example. <laughs> Every every week I do like streaming um, in the Seabridge channel. So every every um, week I create like a personal uh, project and not all of them, it's um, they appear on my art station because I haven't finished them or I haven't taken them to a place where I feel like it's it's good enough to be uploaded to my, my art station. However, um, my art station has like a section, which is the blog. And right there, it's like an art dump. I just do sketches and stuff like that, which is not ready or, or even finished. Everything is like there in the blog. So hopefully some of this, or at least most of the stuff that I have on the blog eventually will be on the other side, which is the finished side of the, sure. the project. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Sure, yeah, of course. Most yeah, of hopefully. <laughs> sure, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think whenever whenever you're rich, you can probably hire someone to finish some stuff for you if you really, <laughs> really want to have it finished. But like, we'll maybe, see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, like maybe at some point, like I don't know how many. Do you know how how many projects you have that aren't unfinished? Oh Jesus, no, I have no idea. No, like, I, and I don't even want to count because I'll maybe hundreds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want even to, to count because I'll get like very, I'll get um, stressed of having that much, how that, that uh, big um, number of projects without being finished. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you just start projects for practice or you start with an idea that you actually will finish them? Or just sometimes <laughs> well, it's... It's, <laughs> it's both of them, actually. <laughs> Hopefully... Um, well, some of the projects that I start for as an exercise, um, I usually, if I like what I'm doing, what I'm doing, uh, I want to take them further, and I, I wanted to, instead of doing that as an exercise, I want to take them like into like a final production or having like a beautiful image being rendered. So, I usually do both of them. Uh, sometimes when I want to practice, what I do is uh, I try to think something that I want to, to sculpt or model, stuff like that. So it's it's a way of mixing both, mixing between yeah. what I want to sculpt and what I want to learn. Okay, well, that makes sense, absolutely. I think it's actually a pretty cool, cool way of learning, like just right away going ahead and making something with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, uh, one of the last questions that I had, because, like, we're close to, like, running out of time, <laughs> but we really still wanted to ask you, like, what's your pipeline for learning new uh, processes, new features, new software? Do you 
do you have a process or are you a compulsive learner or like you just like or you learn from other people like what's what works for you oh i I love learning especially I love learning from other people. Like I have a problem with buying tutorials because I, I just love buying them and maybe not seeing them in months, but eventually I, I, I see them. So, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just love like learning new stuff, new ways of sculpting. What I usually do is like, I, I look for a tutorial for something that I'm really interested in learning. I, I watched the tutorial once just to get like a, a very brief idea of, of what it what it is and how it works. And after that, what I try to do is just um, try to imagine a project that where I can implement that new stuff. Even if I if it if it doesn't look entirely good, I, I want to to give it a try and to practice what I learned. So I usually what I do I watch the tutorial for a second time, but this time I'm working at the same time on on a personal project which is related to to that that from the tutorial. So it's okay. a way of like creating new art, but at the same time learning. So, so it's quite, mm-hmm. quite good. I, I tried different methods. Uh, at the very beginning, I was just um, watching tutorials and, and taking notes, like reading mm-hmm. notes. But I realized that that doesn't work for me entirely. And then how soon do you get to apply what you learned in practice, like in actual like client work? It, it, to be honest, it's, it's quite often because as I see it, everything that I tried to learn, it has like a very good reason to be like, to, to invest my time on it. Because at the end, it will open me. Uh, it will open a new uh, new doors for for projects. For example, um, at one point in my life, I took like a jewelry uh, design workshop, which has mm-hmm. had nothing to do with me. I, I was just uh, experimenting. I, I took like that workshop, which was like a traditional workshop or just sculpting in wax and, and very traditional jewelry stuff. And after that, like a couple of months after I took that workshop, um, I started receiving. Um, request about doing jewelry with ZBrush, mm, which is, nice. it was quite interesting. Yeah. And ever since then, I, I guess that was in 2015, I guess, something like that. And since then, I, I always receive like stuff for, for jewelry, which is interesting and fun to do. So since then, uh, you've worked with uh, sculpting jewelry as well. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen a few bits on your portfolio again. Yeah. Quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on all the creatures it's, and cute stuff and yeah and and there was was it the femur ring oh yeah yeah that was most of the things that i have of jewelry on my portfolio it's personal stuff because since jewelry it's a different stuff like it's a different world um usually they they do not allow me to upload anything that i do for clients mm-hmm. so well, everything that i have or most of the things that i have on my portfolio related to jewelry are personal works and that ring was one of the first things that I did for myself in jewelry. So at the end, uh, I got the, the femur printed on wax and I was able to take it here in Mexico City to, to a jewelry, to a, 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 casting, a casting house. And I was able to get a, like, a, like the mold and a copy on, on, on silver of that, of that ring. Oh, nice. Cool. So it was pretty cool. But uh, uh, you couldn't just 3D print it directly in silver? As far as I know it, no, or at least not here in Mexico, uh, which is one of, of the bad things. Um, there's certain stuff that we don't have right here. So okay. I'm not sure if there's like that type of technology. Uh, if there is, um, this, the, I don't think there, I was able to find back then something like that okay. here in Mexico. Okay, whoa, cool. Do you still have it? <laughs> no, I, I lost it in France. <laughs> 
but I still have them all, so I want to That's make a right. copy because That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's I the mean, point. <laughs> it had I had like this personal connection because it was my first thing that I 3 printed, but um, yeah, I lost it. I, I kind know. Of, yeah. yeah. I also have the personal connection with uh, the, you know, like 3D printed jewelry. So like my oh, nice. engagement ring is 3D printed. Oh, cool. So, yeah, this oh, is so lovely. cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like silver 3D printed. So that was, uh, that was also like, you know, back, like one of the excitement moments when it was, well, okay, it was my first engagement and the only one, but also it was a 3D printed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes, it, uh, makes everything more personal, more like yeah. unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's like you know created and uh, and three D printed, it's like oh my god, yeah. this like adds adds an extra moment of cuteness. So yeah. personal connection, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, don't lose it. <laughs> oh, no, oh, well, in any case, there is a model in ZBrush. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you can just go ahead and print ten. <laughs> yeah, I just start selling them. <laughs> okay. okay, Oscar. So uh, we're getting close to the final moment, and you remember that in the end there is the traditional questionnaire. So I'm just going to run you through uh, ten questions, and I sure. remind you the rules. You've got uh, one a word, or just like well, up to one sentence. Let's put it correctly. Up to one sentence, sure. and uh, uh, yeah. It's all the same for everyone. So let's go, right? Ready? <laughs> sure. Yep. Yeah. Ready. So what's your favorite place in the world? Home. Okay. When you're working, what you're listening to? Um, podcast, um, documentaries, audiobooks. Okay. What's your favorite way to gain inspiration? Um, just watching different uh, art station. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the big life yeah. goal? To be a storyteller. Right. What's your favorite drink? Oh, that's a tough one. But uh, <laughs> I guess I'll go with mezcal, which is like a tequila. But uh, with a I, little I worm. This year, uh, yeah. I mean, there are different kinds of of mezcal, but um, a certain kind has the worm. I'm actually a big fan of eating insects, so yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so that's where the cockroach story. Yeah, I actually have a cockroach as a as a pet. What? You have a cockroach yeah, uh, as a pet? Well, it was meant to be like a, like lunch. <laughs> so uh, there is this market in Mexico that they, where they sell like very weird stuff, like bizarre and exotic food. And among that, um, things that you can find there, you can find a lot of insects. It's very common to find insects here in Mexico. However, that cockroach is it's from, it's called um, Madagascar cockroach. I'm not sure if it's from Madagascar, yeah. but uh, it's really big. So it's like, I don't know, this size. Uh, and they they fry the, the cockroach with um, butter and, and a, little, a little bit of lemon. And I have to say, it's the tastiest insect that I have tried in my entire life. And I tried like a lot of insects in my entire life. So when, um, for my birthday, I usually do like a, like a, like a big meal with weird stuff. And then some of these things that I had that year was like, I don't know, like three cockroaches. So we ate like, no, yeah, three or four. We ate like three or four, something like that. So at the end, we had that one because at the end, one of my friends that at the beginning had, oh, come, uh, well said, I, I want to try that. At the end, he he, he went with, with a no. So he didn't try the cockroach. So I had like an, like an extra cockroach. And at the end, I just kept feeding it. And What, do you mean like you were going to fry it at home? Yeah, yeah. 
for us, like just to try. But then you I, I already fry tried. The, but then you didn't fry the cockroach. Is it still alive? Yeah, it's still alive. It's still alive. Yeah, it's already one year old. So. <laughs> Jeez. And what's the name of the cockroach? Well, I, I gave it the, the name, uh, the same as the same of the character, which is um, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Oscar and Max. Oh my God. Yeah, could be a, a different IP, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that. That is that is like that. That totally sounds like the. Oh my God, like the guy that lives with a cockroach. Just think of this. <laughs> like you've got the story, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna write that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So like Max is there in your house as we're yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah, still here. Yep. Oh my God. Okay. Like fine don't show me but i'm like <laughs> that's an amazing story that's an amazing story so you're like best buddies and all uh i mean it's not or like is it uh, also like love and hate relationship <laughs> i'm not sure um these cockroaches um when when they feel like treat um like in in danger they do like a very weird noise like a hissing noise mm -hmm. so whenever i g give give her like food and stuff like that sometimes she hisses so i guess she doesn't love me that much. <laughs> so you know that's she? Or he? Uh, no, it's actually a he because he has like two horns on the back and apparently the males have those horns on the back. So yeah, it's okay. actually a he. So, so it's actually Max. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, oh my God, we started with Mezcal and finished with Max. I'm like, my mind is completely <laughs> blown. I'm, you know, like, I'm not sure how I'm going to sleep at night tonight. <laughs> Probably won't. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully you won't have any dreams about cockroaches. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. All right, let's keep moving. <laughs> so, yeah. um, first thing that you do in the morning after you wake up, feed Max. Um, no, no, he's he's in a different part of the house. <laughs> okay. I, I guess it's being thankful of okay. being alive. Just be thankful. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, if you did not become a digital artist. What would you be? What's your backup career? Oh, um, medic, um, archaeologist, and art, um, art historian. Those were my three options. All right, very structured. Jeez, like yeah. you, you, really, <laughs> you really knew it. Okay, and what's your favorite book or a movie? Like something that you can recommend, something that you always recommend. I'm a big fan of the first, well, of the first World War and the Second World War. Mm -hmm. So there is this book that I read when I was very, very young. I actually found it by mistake in the library of of, of my of my school. It's called All Quiet on the Western Front. So oh, I guess that's my my yeah. suggestion. Really? All Quiet on the Western Front. Yep. Yeah, I read it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, cool. All right. Nice book. Yeah. Surprised yeah. again about the history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, next one is, uh, who are some of your legends? Who are some of the people that you follow? I mean, it's, it's super hard, but um, all the people that I know from the summit, mm -hmm. it's people I follow. Okay. So uh, should I name? It's just or... like your friends. Yeah. No, I mean, you yeah. don't have yeah, to. Yeah, my friends. Yeah, friends. Okay. So if you've got a bucket list, if you've, uh -huh. what, what are some of the things in it? So some of the things that you want, really want to do. Oh, well, um, making a book, making a TV series. Um, those were, those are some of the things that I have on my pocket list right now. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound small. 
any of this like yeah 100 <laughs> okay well now then we're done jesus christ i'm sorry awesome. i'm like still keep the max story in the back of my head like uh and, uh, and and the whole ip i think was a little bit of a mind-blowing because i think it's a really different uh you know opportunity for artists that like many people don't even have any idea about so that's really interesting as well yeah yeah i, I mean cockroaches are very weird insects um in tijuana i had like a infestation of cockroaches which is it was disgusting but it was quite funny that at home i had another one which was my pet so yeah i mean yeah. you're always safe you already have one yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so oscar thanks again so much for coming on the show and uh it was a really 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 interesting story and like the whole journey and uh geez all the best with uh, the book and with the tv show and do things Thank at you. the same time, like, you know, <laughs> all the best in this, in this year. I don't know if it happens this Thanks. year, but like, you know, I hope it will. I'll follow Thank you. you. And Thanks for having me and for making this, this, pod this podcast. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> it's quite all fun right. to listen. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much. Huh? We'll stay in touch. Thank you guys for listening. And a little preview. Next week is the episode 10 and it's also Valentine's Day special edition. So make sure you set yourself a reminder and we'll see you next week, which is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. But meanwhile, if you enjoyed the episode, give us a thumbs up but better leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we really, really appreciate your feedback and we really appreciate your five stars. Cheers. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Art Heroes Podcast. Check out www.artheroes.co for show notes, more interviews, and free tools made for you by our team of mentors. Tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work, hero. Thank mm -hmm. you.